I got Steph Curry and the worst NBA contracts of the year coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra, my go-to right now because I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra, not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game right now than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Protect what matters to you and get a Simply Safe home security system. It helps keep your whole home safe and all the loved ones who live there. Uh, think about, well, summer's coming up, what, in a couple months? Everyone goes away for the summer. You know who knows that? The burglars. You know who knows that you might be gone on Easter if all your cars are gone and that you probably went to somebody's house? The burglars. Protect your home today. I use Simply Safe and love it. My listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when they sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash BS. Don't wait. Simplysafe.com slash BS. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. If you follow on March Madness, I hope you're listening to One Shining Podcast with Tate Frazier. Kyle Mann is with him. They're reacting every night to whatever we're watching in March Madness. Princeton. The Cobra Kai-Princeton team pulled it off. Furman pulled it off. You got to love March Madness. It was fun to watch today. One Shiny Podcast, check that out. Coming up on this podcast, a little bit later, we're going to be doing a worst NBA contracts draft with me and Big Waz and Joe House. But coming up, I want to talk about Steph Curry and Aaron Rodgers. Let's go. Pro Jam. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about Steph Curry, and I'm going to try to do it in the context of Aaron Rodgers. This is going to be a very hard plane to land. Please buckle your seatbelts and be careful. Here we go. I went to the Clippers-Warriors game on Wednesday. Steph Curry had the hardest 50 points I've ever seen anyone score in my life. He was awesome. He turned into a video game in the third quarter. The crowd, you even had like Clipper fans kind of rooting for it because when you're in the room for something like that, the greatness trumps whoever you're rooting for. It was just incredible. And, you know, I tweeted this at the time, but once again, he is the best in-game basketball experience you can have as a fan, right? And this is a loaded year. You have Jokic and Embiid and uh, you have Luka and you have Giannis and these great scoring guards all over the place. We've had two, guy, two guards have scored 70 points. Nothing compares to when Steph gets hot. Nothing. He's 35 years old. He has mastered his craft to the point that he used to need like a second to get open. And now it's like a split second. And you had the Clippers last night where they're greeting him with two guys at midcourt. Like he's a freaking high school player in Indiana. Just let's get, let's get him to get rid of the ball. He can't get him to get rid of the ball because he's going to keep the ball and he's going to shoot it over you. He is using screens and then bouncing backwards off the screen and just firing shots with that split second. It's like 0.4 of a second. 
He'll pretend he's going to use the screen. Then he'll bounce back and shoot. He'll come curl around. He'll do this giant lap, catch it, and it's just already going up. He is able to, oh, you're going to play too far out of me? All right, I'll drive in. I'll do the thing where I do this swooping righty layup thing over your big guy. Or I'll pretend I'm going to do a turnaround. I'll do a drop step. I'll come the other way, and I'll just flip some crazy shot off the backboard. I mean, he had everything going, and they lost by eight. And if it wasn't for him, they probably would have lost by 20. It was an alarming game for me who, you know, I love, I love the Steph era. I always want Steph to be in the playoffs for as long as possible. I like watching him. I like this Warriors run that they're on, even though they steamrolled my team last year. I don't think they have it this year. And believe me, I am very careful about saying stuff like that, especially in this era where little sound bites and tweets and whatever can just get thrown in, in your face. I remember what happened last year where it looked like they were kind of dead in the Memphis series. Then all of a sudden it flipped and they won the title. They have one of the best players in the league. You can never bet against that. They don't have Wiggins yet. They don't have Gary Payton yet. They're going to be much better defensively. Here's why I worry about them. And here's where I think they have real, real, real issues that aren't solvable. It goes back to what KOC and I talked about on Tuesday. This is a center's league in a lot of ways now. As, as many great perimeter guys as we have, you kind of have to have center stuff now. Every single team that succeeds at least has somebody like Zubat. Zubat's last night had 16 rebounds. The Clippers centers had 21 rebounds. Plus they had Westbrook crashing in for rebounds. They had Terrence Mann crashing in for rebounds. Westbrook was good last night, by the way. I was shocked. But the Warriors couldn't hold these guys off because they're too small. And it didn't matter if you were too small in 2016. And it didn't even really matter in 2017. The, the Warriors could experiment with lineups where basically Draymond and Durant were their centers, right? Um, and that was fine. In 22 last year, they could get away with Looney and Green together or maybe just you know Looney and Wiggins or Green and Wiggins and they could do it because Boston couldn't really make them pay. But the league this year, there's too many guys who can make you pay. There's too many guys who can crash the boards. And they're at a position with Draymond where he's just moving into a slightly different phase of his career. He's not as athletic anymore. Um, from what I've seen on TV, and then it was confirmed last night, like finishing around the rim is just harder for him. It isn't the same lift. And guys are going over his back for rebounds. They really needed help. And I look at that Jakob Pertl, and it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Jakob Pertl, freaking guy in the Spurs center, like is maybe a double-double guy. Who, oh, is that guy going to swing a title? In this case, it actually might have swung a title if they were able to get him because that's exactly what they need. They need another big body. They didn't get him. The Raptors ended up trading for him. And this brings me to Curry and more specifically Aaron Rodgers. We never hear anything from Curry. I think he takes real pride in the responsibility he has as the culture setter of his team. He wants to be an awesome teammate. He wants to leave the front office stuff to the front office and the owners, and he stays out of it. And that's just what he does. Tim Duncan did it too. It was the reason I love Tim Duncan probably over just about any other reason. Selfless teammate. He just wanted to set the culture, show up to work every day, pull for his teammates, I used to write about Duncan when you went to go see the Spurs, any sort of dead ball stuff, Duncan always had his arm around somebody. He was always, he was the most inclusive teammate. That's why I loved him. That's why I'm always going to ride with him in any Duncan-Kobe debate. I just am. I, I have a certain type. 
right? Like some people, they like blondes. They, they like long legged people. they like muscle guys, whatever your type is. I love great teammates. I love superstars who are awesome fucking teammates. That's my type. Duncan was like that. Curry's like that. You didn't hear him say a fucking peep about the fact that they did jack shit for him this year, right? Think about like if LeBron was scoring 35 a game for the Lakers and they had all these young guys on the team and we've seen LeBron just completely turn on young guys or be like, get this fucking guy out of here. Um, can you imagine LeBron just being like, oh yeah, ho-hum, 35 and 33 and none of our young guys can help me. I'm pretty sure he probably would have pushed for some trades and maybe that's, that's one of the many differences between them and maybe that's not even a bad thing. But for Curry, he stays out of it and he lets the chips fall where they may and he trusts that the Warriors are going to do right by him. And that's my point. They didn't do right by him, which brings me to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers for the last five, six years has made it seem like the Packers have, you know, undermined his chances to succeed. They haven't consulted him. They haven't agreed with him. He's just been a huge pain in the ass. Nothing major, all like paper cuts. But now it's like basically led to this gushing axe wound of unhappiness that we thought was settled a year ago when it seemed like he was leaving after his MVP season when just, you know, whispering now, but uh, kind of sucked down the stretch in that Niners playoff game, whatever. Now um, well, we want you to finish your career in Green Bay. This is really important to us, even though we don't have an owner and this is just a committee of people that represent the Packers, but we want you to finish it here. Signs this huge contract, so huge that they have to trade Devontae Adams. And guess what happens? In a year, he's still unhappy. And it's still just, it's, it's almost like we don't understand. We don't understand what he's been through. What's he been through? I don't know. What's going on? Does he, does he just not want to live there anymore? Does he feel like the organization has, you know, severely let him down in some way? They've been competitive every year. And by the way, he didn't play that well last year. I watch football every Sunday. Wasn't that good last year. He's headed to the Jets. My rule on this stuff is when somebody is perpetually unhappy, that doesn't change. There's no cure for perpetual unhappiness. There's always a story. And now he's going to go to the Jets in a city where they love the shit and they're going to be overreacting to every single thing he says and does. And honestly, maybe that's what he wants at this point in his career. It certainly seems like what he's wanted the last couple of weeks. He's drawn this whole drama thing out and it seems like he likes the circus of it. Congrats to him. My point is, if he was on this Warriors team, he would have been bitching about the supporting cast and the young guys and the direction. And why do we have Kaminga? And why haven't we traded Kaminga? I need a rebounder. I don't. We don't have anybody who averages ten rebounds a game. What would he have said? What would he have done? What would he? How would he have handled this situation? Probably poorly. I look at the way Golden State handled basically everything from the offseason to now, and. It reminds me a little of Ben Affleck when he decided to be Batman in 2015, when he kind of said, fuck it. Like I have now, I've not only done this career rejuvenation, but it's gone way better than everyone thought. I am an A-plus lister again. I directed an Oscar movie. And what's the last frontier for me? You know what? I'm going to be fucking Batman. And he is Batman. And he went for it. 
And I think the Warriors looked at this whole thing and they were like, oh, we got only a couple years left with Curry, but we have this chance to build this whole next era of things. And the problem is they misevaluated their players. They didn't sell high on Wiseman in time. They seemed like they thought Kaminga was going to help them this year. And, and from what I saw last night, I, I'm not selling any of my Kaminga stock. He is an incredible athlete. It's zero rebounds last night. Um, it was a problem. Moody came in for a little bit, didn't look remotely ready to play big minutes in a game. They had a, they had a chance here to do right by Steph and to really go all in on somebody who has four rings, same amount as LeBron, same amount as Shaq, one behind Kobe and Duncan, two behind MJ. And he's as good as he's ever been. And they had a chance to make a big move to load up. And even if it was somebody like Jakob Pertl, that would have made a huge difference. So can they, can they rally from this? Are they, is that a 68 game sample size? Was, was, do we need more time to look at this team? Probably not. Is the West so bad that they could just say, whatever, we don't care if we're on the road every round, we're going to win every way. Maybe. But I left last night exhilarated by what I saw from Steph, but at the same time, kind of bummed out because the Warriors are just wasting another apex prime Curry season. Last year it worked out. This year it is way more unrealistic. And this is the best I've ever seen Curry. You know, it's interesting. There was this moment uh, a few days ago when he was shit talking Chris Paul and they caught it on video and he said something like, this isn't 2014 anymore. And then it gets passed around on social media for three days. Oh my God, I can't believe he said that to Chris Paul. There's a reason he said that. And if anybody else mentioned this or noticed this, my apologies to them, but I'm pretty sure I'm the, I'm the first person to say this. 2014, why did he pick that year? Because they had an absolute bloodbath of a series against the Clippers that year. Seven games. You might remember Mark Jackson dressed in all black for the last game for reasons that remain unclear. The Clippers won. I went to the game. It was it was my anniversary. I asked my wife if we could go on my anniversary of that game because I thought it was going to be awesome. And I think just in general, game seven, my rule is if you can be at a game seven, be at a fucking game seven. That's my rule. It was a really important Curry game because at that point, he physically was not anything close to what he is now. He was pretty slender. The book on him was just to beat the shit out of him. And in that game, game seven, Chris Paul did the thing that all great players do. And Chris Paul was at his absolute athletic prime that year. And he was just super physical with Curry the whole game. And I, I wrote about this or talked about this or both at the time. Um, it's one of those things that, that Miami Heat loves to do this. Like the smart teams know how to do this. They get super physical in the first quarter and eventually the refs, the bar gets raised and then you kind of get to go to that bar for the rest of the game. I thought Chris Paul, if you go back and watch the tape of that game, Chris Paul commits like 35,000 that game. And his whole goal, it was like a prize fight. He was just trying to pound Curry. It reminded me, my favorite uh, boxer ever, Sugar Ray Leonard, the Sugar Ray Leonard Duran fight in Montreal, the first one, and Duran just wouldn't let up. And Sugar Ray could have boxed him. He could have paced around the ring, but he wanted to go toe to toe with him. And Duran was just such a bully and he was relentless. And he just, he just kept beating him up, beating him up, beating him up. But it made Leonard better. It, made, it actually brought out, um, you know, what, what ended up happening in the Hearns fight. 
that's what Chris Paul did for Curry in that game. He was stronger. He was older. He was tougher. He just knew all the tricks. And watching it, sitting in my seat, that was the night I knew Curry was special because he kept coming back. He kept fighting. He kept getting his points. He kept the Warriors in the game. He took all the hits. He never bitched to the refs really about it. And he just kept getting up, basically. And we left that night. And I was like, that guy, that guy has it. I'd, I would bet anything that that guy has it. And I think anybody who was there probably thought that. He just kept coming back. So when he said that 2014 thing to Chris the other day, um, to me, that tied into the stuff I'm seeing with Curry. He's bigger now, especially you see it in person at the games. Like he's kind of built like a small forward now. It's funny. He is not the slender, skinny guy anymore. He has the ability to bounce off people. He has the ability to hop off and guard different wings. And, you know, I think it's really inspiring that somebody who won that many titles and won a couple MVPs just continues to try to get better and work on his body. It's the same reason why the LeBron story is so incredible. LeBron had all these different incarnations of himself, but he just, he kept working and adding things and, oh, I need to get stronger. He actually did get stronger. By 2018, became this 3.0 version of himself. This Curry version does feel like a 3.0 version of itself. He is thicker and stronger and tougher and it, he's been able to shrink the time frame of of uh when he can get a shot off and all these different things. This is the greatest version of him. I really believe that. I think this is the best he's ever been. And it feels like the Warriors might have wasted it. So brings you back to the question um what would have happened if other athletes had been in this spot? I think that's one of the reasons, you know, I've always rooted for him because if he's, if he's pissed about this, if he feels like the team let him down, we'll never hear from it because he understands he is the culture. The same way Duncan was the culture for the Spurs, you know, are they going to do right by him in the off season? Is it going to be too late to trade some of those guys? Did they miss their window? Am I overreacting? Are they going to be fine in the playoffs? We'll see. But I left last night. I was bummed out. I just felt like uh, this is a great Steph season and they might be wasting it. So there you go. Coming up, uh, we're going to talk worst contracts. We're going to do the draft, second annual one, Big Waz House. As always, remember, we're just talking about the contracts. Don't take any of this stuff personally. We're just having fun. It's all next. This March, take your first shot at college hoops with FanDuel Sportsbook and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks on the bracket. You'll land 200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to point spreads to that 413 seed matchup you've been eyeing. Find your next Furman. Listen to one shining podcast all weekend and all through the tournament as they are counting down some of their favorite bets and wagers and things to look at. And they'll be doing it all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There's no better place to bet the tournament than FanDuel Sportsbook. Sign up today by going to fanduel.com slash BS. Make every moment more with FanDuel all tournament long. You must be 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. In Massachusetts, visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. 
in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLE or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Louisiana, 877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In Wyoming, 800-522-4700. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. All right, we're taping this late Wednesday afternoon. It is the day before March Madness. We couldn't tape it on March Madness because Joe House treats day one of March Madness like it's a holiday. So we, we didn't want to mess with that. <laughs> he likes to eat. He likes to drink. This is the second annual worst contracts draft that we did last year with Big Waz, who's here, and Joe House, who's here. Last year, Waz, you thought Westbrook was the winner? I can't even remember. It was Westbrook and John Wall were like the bird and magic of the worst contracts, right? Is that not true, House? Well, for the draft purposes, Big Waz went first, and I believe he took the big chicken, uh, uh, Davis Bertans. I believe Bertans <laughs> went number one overall. You're right. <laughs> but it is a moment to celebrate. And speaking of celebrating, I, I of course, will, will do my Thursday ritual. But Big Waz is really the one that pushed us you know, to confirm that we could tape Wednesday because Big Waz has Thursday plans as well. Right, Waz? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I'm going to a, a draft viewing event, they're calling it. Um, not a draft, excuse me, March Madness viewing event. And mm. um, yeah, they, the, these, these things start really early. These games start at noon, <laughs> which is just like, Lord. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, even earlier on the West Coast. All right, so where's contracts draft? Here's the deal. We're going to go in order. We go in snake fashion. So if you get the first pick, you don't go again until six. Get the third pick, you get three and four. And the middle pick just keeps sandwiching around. We're going to try to each build the worst possible team of contracts. <laughs> I have all the numbers. I have everything written down. We're going to pour one out for the Westbrook wall contracts. Those are really yeah. the standards. You had to yep. take multiple first round picks just to get the con get rid of the contract. They couldn't <laughs> yeah. trade them all summer. Houston had to buy out John Wall's contract. They couldn't even like trade it. And then Westbrook, the Lakers finally unloaded, got some players. They had to attach a pick to it. Um, there's really no pick like our contract like that, except for one that I think is going to be the first pick in this draft. So house, how do we decide who drafts first? Uh, I can't remember how we did it last year, but I don't want to go first because I feel like <laughs> I know who's going to go first and I've already done my bit on this guy ad nauseum. Everybody knows how I feel about this particular player. All right. So we'll give Waz hmm. first pick. House, That's you go second. I'll go I'll go third unless you want the sandwich picks house. No, no, we we can you, keep it. You know, you do I, like I'm sandwiches. Fine. I do like if you could give me a sandwich, I'll take it. But otherwise, it's fine how we roll. All right, Waz, you're on the clock. First pick in the 2023 worst contracts draft. Who is it? Yeah, for me, this this player deserves the worst contract because he has two years left on it at around eighty million dollars, which would mean that he's he's making forty million annually after this year and is not an NBA player. Like of all the people I have on my list, there's guys that I'm just like, you know what? Reasonably, I could say this guy deserves to be in an NBA rotation um, and can 
play NBA basketball. They might be significantly overpaid, but they can all play NBA basketball except for this one guy, and that's Ben Simmons, who to me is the worst contract in the NBA right now. Because one, he can't play when uh, when his back is bothering him or he's suffering from some kind of mental health issue or he's just straight up doesn't like the team that he's on, whatever. And even when he does... He's still picking the splinters out of his ass um, from the benching that Jacques Vaughn has and, and Steve Nash, to um, to be honest, have given him all season. So to me, Ben Ben Simmons is the worst deal in professional basketball to the point where again, most of these guys, with some exceptions, um, I feel like in two, if their deals were up in two years, they would still get deals. Is Ben Simmons even a minimum player? In two years. He's the worst deal in the NBA, in my opinion. He's my number one pick. My only quibble with that was, which is a, a beautiful diatribe. The contract's <laughs> actually worse than you gave it credit for. It's three years, not two. Oh, it's, excuse me, three years. Yeah, it's 35448000 million this year, 37.89 next year. And then in 2024-25, guaranteed 40.338. The total package is over 113 million house for three years. But this is a guy once upon a time we defended, we liked, we thought he was a top 15 basketball player and the Nets bought a lemon. And I, I got to be honest, I don't understand how the Nets front office survived this one. They rallied a little bit with the KD trade, which I think they maximized what they could have gotten out of KD. And even the Kyrie trade looks pretty good. The Dallas might not even make the playoffs. So it's not like they lost any skin on that one. Panic trading Harden and just basically getting Seth Curry, who they're not even really playing, and then these two first that don't really matter, and then Simmons as the linchpin without doing any real research into what was going on with him. And they trade him. He's he's hurt right away. I thought it was indefensible. Where do you stand, House? So you you just said two things that I'm not sure are are a matter of public record and you know widely held held views. In the first place, I don't feel like the James Harden trade was a panic trade. I feel like Kyrie Irving drove James Harden away from a team that James Harden was willing to make a commitment to, did make a commitment to, and and enjoyed playing for uh, and with. It, but he was still on the team. They were still paying him. Yeah, he was an employee Ky of the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kyrie took a knife and knifed him in the back. He, he tried. James Harden, you know, at least showed up in the playoffs and tried to drag that team. When Kyrie, you know, had had his, uh, you know, whatever big toe injury and then, you know, whatever uh, provocative stance he had to take on public health and other kinds of shenanigans and distractions. I didn't feel like it was a panic trade from from Brooklyn's perspective. And I also thought that it was a reasonable gamble. I, I'm not so sure that they didn't do their diligence. I think that they did do some some diligence. It's just you, you, you don't know until you know. And I, I, I think. I think he got hurt worse after the trade, and that's what set us on this trajectory to where we are right here at this moment. And part of the thing, the reason why I didn't um, anticipate Simmons being the number one pick in this draft is because at the time that contract was given him, he he had earned it. I mean, he he, he the, the 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 forecast for him. Well, I, I, yeah. we can quibble, but yeah. right, yeah. he he had accomplished some stuff. He had accomplished sure. some stuff. The Bradley Beal thing is entirely Wait, different. House, hold and, on. And I'm not going hold on. into I'm there. Not letting, I'm not going house, into there. I can't let you off the hook. Go ahead. 
They didn't have to trade James Harden. Oh, because Kyrie didn't want to play home games because of the vaccine. So now James Harden's like, well, I don't want to play basketball either. Yeah. I know it was a dysfunctional situation, but he was still an asset. You know, when you look at at the prices of some of these stars that are being thrown around now, like, I don't know, if you're Philly, you're doing that trade pretty much every time they're holding out. With Simmons for something. You agree with that, Waz? I, I just don't I, know why they had to do it if if they I, didn't know that Simmons was healthy. I agree with you um, in the sense that I felt coming into the season that the Sixers had no leverage in the sense that, one, the guy couldn't come back and play for the Sixers. There's just There was just no... It became so toxic with Doc, with Joel, with all... With the fans. He can't play for your team again. That's a one. And then the two, the last time we watched him play was against the Hawks in the playoffs in which he was a pumpkin. So he's a bad player who can't come back to your team, which is why I kind of agree agree with Bill. And at the time of the trade, I was like, yo, everybody's hubris has kind of been rewarded here. Uh, Ben Simmons is nonsense. He gets to go to the team that he wanted to go to. Uh, the the stubbornness that Daryl Morey showed in just holding the guy and being like somebody's gonna bite, and then James Harden ultimately he was right. throwing he was another right. temper tantrum and getting his way. Ultimately, everybody's ridiculousness got rewarded in that trade. But again, I I thought Ben Simmons was a toxic asset immediately after that Hawks series. They somehow got a freaking All Star for him, and now well, like. Like, look at this. He can't play. He doesn't play. He's like the 13th man. Well, they, I mean, there were some red flags with the fact that he seemed very comfortable just not playing for reasons that seemed pretty unclear to everybody. Like, his yeah, feelings but, were hurt. He just felt like it had run its course. By the way, he, and this is this is not talking out of school, Bill. Like, we know what he was doing. I have this on good authority. He's in the Hollywood Hills throwing parties and hanging out. That's what he was doing. Yeah. When he wasn't playing. Well, he wasn't work, hard at work at his game. <laughs> that's the thing. And we know that from a basketball work ethic standpoint, there were things that just didn't seem to be getting better in any way, shape, or form. I, when the trade happened, Harden just seemed like a damaged asset because he had quit on two teams in 10 months. And Simmons seems like a, like a damaged asset to me. Um, and I didn't know who was going to win the trade. And, and there was a real possibility both teams were going to lose the trade. You look at how Harden's playing this year. I have Harden, like he's definitely going to be on one of my three All-NBA teams. I'm just telling you. He'll, be, he'll either be second team or third team, but he's going to be All-NBA for me um, unless he just tails off the last 10 games. It's turned out way better for Philly than I ever imagined. And honestly, way worse for the Nets than I ever imagined. The fact that he's unplayable seemed inconceivable to me. You could have told me he at least could have been like, rebounds and defense and just refuse to shoot the ball anymore. Seemed like a worst case scenario. This is a way worse case scenario. This is a guy who might be out of the league or getting bought out. Anyway. All right. Enough on Ben Simmons. Who do you have for the number two pick house? Well, before, before we move on, I have a question for you. So you yeah. sent uh, me a was a list. Was it your goal and intention that we use this list exclusively or are we allowed no. to bring some? Okay. All right. No. So he, just just his work. Listen, he basically was, leaked his big board. <laughs> yeah, I just, I gave you a little, I sent you maybe, I don't know, 50 contracts. But last year, if you remember, famously, Waz went off the board with a Clay Thompson pick that singed my eyebrows off. <laughs> I didn't, it took me six months to regrow my eyebrows after that. Well, and, and, and lo and behold, the list you sent us has, has Clay Thompson on it. The reason I asked that question 
Bill Simmons from Boston is because I didn't see one single Charmin Celtic on, on this list. Well, the, I the, sent it a month ago. I sent it to no, you guys no, literally like five weeks ago. weeks ago. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> in, in, in any event, I'm not going to select any of the Charmin Celtics with the second overall pick because it's not time yet. But there's going to be some Charmin Celtics that, that catch I, some some fire. I'll tell uh, you on this. this podcast today. I was updating the final list off that of that page that I sent you. Yes. I did add a Celtic. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't, come don't up spoil with two. it. No spoiler not, alerts. I've, I've got two potential ones, but All right. I, I, I am now in this position where I, I must do the thing that I said I wasn't going to do, which is take Bradley Beal. Mm. I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. And then you guys, you know, it'll be easy. The one thing you cannot do in professional sports is pay a non-superstar like a goddamn superstar. <laughs> and it is something that you cannot recover from. It will take the entirety of this contract, the full duration of the five years that he got to, to, to make one step forward in, in terms of a recovery. The team has locked in a 36 to 40 win ceiling. And that's assuming that they keep Porzingis and, and Kuzma. I, I, I have serious doubts about Kuz sticking around. For what purpose? Now, I will say this. I like going to the games. It's fun to go down there, <laughs> check them out. I'm getting some, some get really good seats and, and see the other teams come through. It's a very like relaxed uh, in, environment, but there isn't any like serious basketball being played. And this is what they chose. And I, I'm not even talking about all the bells and whistles, the no trade clause and all the other nonsense. Kicker. That are yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, why don't you tell thing. the audience how much the contract is for? Or do you want me it, it, to? Are you wait, unable wait, to speak the words? The, the Podfather, the Podfather. You, you have you run the numbers, brother. Well, it's year one of a five-year deal. Was for Jeez. a cool and crisp two hundred and fifty-one million. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's the contract. I watched a game last week where it, it was a totally winnable game, and he did a couple Bradley Beal things, and they lost. He is. It was against the Hawks. I know. Yeah, he is for a for, as a last-minute guy. He is not in my top half of guys I want with the ball doing stuff in the last minute. But that's the thing about this Wizard season. It's been a fun season. They're always in these close games, and more often than not, they blow them. I agree with House. I, I the contract is crazy. I would be really curious to see if if they try to trade it this summer. What kind of offers they'd be getting back? Because you'd have to have the money that matched it combined with picks and stuff like that. I. Waz is just making kind of a sad, grim face right now. What do you think, Waz? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, he's clearly not worth the deal in the sense that he he's just not a superstar. He's He doesn't by himself elevate an offense to competence in and of himself. Like, Bradley Bill is not an offense um, unto himself. He's a good offensive player, high volume. The shooting has gotten better. Like, people have—he's always had this reputation as a shooter— but has never had the shooting <laughs> to, yeah. to, to to match it up. He's never been some anybody's idea of a playmaker. Uh, he's kind of just been like, look, he can do a reasonable job at at elevated volumes um, and you know usage percentage, but 
His defense has always been a little bit overrated. And yeah, the idea that you would pay this guy like he is the leader of a franchise sort of North Star of, you know, competence is just not the case. And there's been times where Kyle Kuzma, who gets paid about a fourth of his salary, has just been better than the guy, which is just insane <laughs> to, well, to consider. And so the people listening, we are just talking about everybody that we're about to draft just as the asset. Production quality versus mm -hmm. the money figure. And in this case, like Beal's having a solid year statistically, right? He's 23.4 points a game, four assists, five and, a, or five and a half assists, four rebounds, 51, 37, 85 percentage splits. It's solid. Yeah. If he was your third guy, you'd be pumped. If he was your second guy, you could talk yourself into it as long as you had an awesome first guy. It's what house laid out when this is your signature guy, your number one dude, where are you going? And the answer is what we watch with the wizards. You're 39 and 43, 40 and 42, 42 and 40. You're going to be in that range. Porzingis is 22 and nine this year. I mean, he's been a, a really high level above average offensive center. And Kuzma is a good player. Um, that's not ever going to be enough. And then you have the, the other thing is you have no chance to improve from, this basis point. What do you do? How do you add people? You really can't. So to me, the problem with, with Bradley Beal is like he's getting paid as if the difference between him and Jordan Poole, say, is the difference between Jordan Poole and Devin Booker or even Donovan Mitchell. And that's just not the case. Yeah. He's not as good as those, those two people who play his position and he's paid like he is. And that's just... It's just not true. He's he's more in line with a Jordan Poole, in my opinion, than he right, is like those a more top level. Jordan Poole. Yeah, those top level NBA All Star type of guys, All NBA kind of guys. All right, I'm on the clock with the third pick. Can't believe this guy's still on the board. Seems like a nice guy by all accounts. Duncan Robinson, <laughs> he's, who signed a, he was, a five was, for ninety last year, uh, <laughs> still has the four for seventy four point three left. <laughs> It's like a like a Bertans 2.0 kind of contract. Yes, it's it's it kind of staggering. Yeah. Um, there's always different reasons why he's not playing or why he hasn't been successful, but he has not been successful really since he signed the contract. Again, yeah. seems like a cool guy. I root for him. Um, Self-made man, worked his way up, mm -hmm. turned himself into a really cool story, got the bag, and has not <laughs> been really heard from since. And you know, to, speaks to a bigger issue of these Miami moves the last couple of years where after the really smart Jimmy Butler move and the hero draft pick the last couple of years, like every swing, he culture, Pat Riley, every swing they've taken has either not worked or really failed. Um, and yet I'm still terrified in the playoffs and they're probably going to beat the Celtics in a 2-7 or 3-6. I'm just already resigned to it. Uh, but anyway, I have him as the third pick. Yeah, I, I, I like the pick, um, especially I, I believe the last year of his deal is a player option. Spoiler alert, he will be picking up that player option. Well, that's the thing. I just factored that in. It's $17 million a year. <laughs> but, like, and, and again, uh, similar to Ben Simmons, but I think the difference between Duncan Robinson and Ben Simmons is like he has an identifiable NBA talent which is his yeah. shooting, even if for whatever reason, it's sort well, of- he can't shoot off. anymore. I, I don't know. I, is it still a talent? I, I, I have to believe that. He was so incredible at it 
when he sort of burst onto the scene three years ago. And I have to believe that he could find minutes on another team that wasn't Miami. But yeah, I, I like I like this deal. Um, it was very, very high up on my board. So salute to you. You like the steal. I like how bad the steal is. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> it is funny. It's a throwback deal. It, it reminds mm-hmm. me of the era when guys like uh, Isaiah Thomas were, were, you know, was a GM and the, or, or a coach. And, and Doc is, is also guilty of this. They go up against somebody that that is hot, that, that, that tortures their team. And then they hand out a, a giant contract that we, I mean, you, you, can, you can do your Jerome James, you can do way yeah. back when, you know, uh, uh, Seattle overpaying for Jim McElvain because he had a decent uh, uh, year for the, for the bullets uh, and, and didn't pay Sean Kemp, but teams, you know, uh, see, see something jump in gross overpay and, and you're stuck with it. it. It's shout out. I mean, I guess in a way, it shouldn't surprise me that it was Riles because it's an old school kind of contract. Well, I'll say this about what he did too is that Miami's offense became so hard to guard around people being completely terrified of what he was doing off the ball, right? Like his yeah. movement and how he was catching and shooting on the run, like that completely opened up their offense. And they went to the finals behind that. Right. So I understand wanting to reward it something that was central to your finals run. Well, the I 2020, he was 45% from three, eight point three is a game in the regular season. In the playoffs, he played 21 games for them. He was 28.6 minutes a game. They made the finals. He's 40% from three that year. So <laughs> last year, um last year or the 2021 year, he was a little banged up, wasn't the same. And then they said, well, screw it. Let's pay him off the 2020 year. And it didn't work. There was a baseball player the Red Sox had named Dave Stapleton. Every year for the first eight years of his career, his batting average went down. <laughs> and it was it's like a, the most fascinating baseball reference page to look at. He starts out at like 321 and each year it goes down. Robinson's kind of working on that in basketball <laughs> reference. 20 is 13.5. 13.1 a year after, 10.9 last year, 6.7 this year. Um, <laughs> playing 17 minutes a game. And the the funny or not so funny thing is they kind of need him. Like, they need one more shooter. Struess has been playing more for them, but... But he can't um, stop a nosebleed, Bill. And, uh, and yeah. that's just not going to cut it in Miami. And he, and he just... Shooting, it's funny. It's, it's almost like when you have that reliever in baseball who's lights out for a year, and then the next year they can't find the strike zone. You're thinking, what happened? We've thrown 99 over the middle last year. Now, now you can't, you're hitting guys. Uh, House, we got to take a break. Coming up, the fourth pick in the draft. This episode is brought to you by Verbo. You know, it is already stressful enough to deal with airports, delayed flights, bad weather. You want your actual where you're staying experience to be perfect, to be lights out. You don't want to have to worry about anything. When you book a vacation rental, you want to know exactly what you're paying ahead of time. The stress of getting hit with unexpected cleaning fees after your stay that can immediately cancel out all the great time you just spent unwinding. Thankfully, when you book with Verbo, you can see the total price upfront. There are no unpleasant surprises and the savings do not stop there, my friends. When you book with Verbo, you earn 2% cash back toward your next vacation through the One Key Rewards program, letting your money do the work for you while you've got your feet up. So while other vacation rentals can feel like a roll of the dice, relax knowing you booked a Verbo. Book your next private vacation rental in the Verbo app. All right, so the draft board has dropped a little bit. Um, 
that was really the big three. There's multiple guys here who could go with the number four pick. I'm going to go with an old standby. Just, just he's an OG. Maybe it's a little high. It's like when you're in a fantasy draft and you, you those years where you'd see Tom Brady and you'd be like, wow, Tom Brady's going for eight bucks. I got to get him. I just feel like getting this guy with the fourth pick is such great value. Davis Bertans again, three, <laughs> three, three for 49. He's, he's got two years left after this one. He's almost, almost at 50 million bucks left on his deal. And, uh, and it just delights me to no end. It's it's House's team was responsible for the contract. <laughs> House defended it at the time. No, no, he's been great. I like it. It's just way like the Wizards DNA just infected your body. Anyway, Davis, you're the fourth pick. What do you got, House? I, I have no argument with it. I mean, you know, he he belongs in China. Uh, <laughs> and and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some some buyout activity as as we come up uh, to the next season because. Dallas has to go through some wholesale looking in the mirror here. Coming Come up. on now. We, we're not going to send him to China. We're going to send him back to Europe, Eurobasket. <laughs> I'm sure he could find a team in Italy or or uh, Israel. Somebody will p- pick that guy up. But yeah, I had, I, I laughed by the time I got to his deal. I was like, wow, this is still a horrible deal. It's just, Even it's though- just going forever. <laughs> Even though he's gotten some tick in Dallas and, you know, he's been useful at at moments for them this year. But if you watch Dallas at all, you realize that they are one of the worst defenses in the league this year, easily. And um, Davis Bertans does not aid in that mission. So, um, yeah, I, <laughs> that's a great... That's a great you know what's day. funny? that I've changed my mind on that Porzingis trade a hundred times, right? Because Dallas did make the Western Finals last year. Dinwiddie was a sure. piece of it. But now you look at it, Dallas doesn't... They can't find a center... They had to roll the dice with Christian Wood, who's that's been super unhappy. Oh, who could have figured? Um, and Porzingis is playing really well for the Wizards, and Dinwiddie just gets kind of passed around the league. But uh, that seemed yeah, like you a, hear actually that a pretty good trade for the relationship Wiz. had kind of broken down, right? Like they, they they kind of just didn't like each other or didn't like playing with each other. At least I don't know yeah, bad if fit. it was personal, but like it, it became toxic between those two and these teams. Bill, like you know what the, how they are. They they're so desperate to keep the young superstar happy that they'll do damn near anything. And, you know, the Porzingis deal seemed like a no-brainer for them where they just dumped the guy's deal. Um, and it was like, look, he's not getting along with Luka. We got to get him out of here. I think they might have won the trade. The might have been the one of Tommy Shepard's <laughs> only good moves <laughs> we could really point to. All right, House, you're on the clock. Fifth pick. This to me was not very challenging and and I want to give kudos I want everybody to make sure you listen to this week's uh podcast with Bill Simmons featuring Kevin O'Connor because there is a, a very interesting conversation about the return and resurgence of the big man yeah. to NBA <laughs> basketball and and it's a curious moment and it's a very thoughtful conversation I enjoyed it very much it made me feel very very confident with this next next pick and that is Rudy Gobert Mm. <laughs> of the Minnesota Timberwolves now, a contract with four years and $170 million left on it. And I will tell you this, Bill Simmons, while I listened to you and KOC run through 10 or 12 or 15 different centers and the attributes that the modern center uh, offers and that the most successful modern centers, Rudy Gobert is a specialist. And 
not a very good one. It is as though in in the NFL using a, a first round pick or a second round pick or a third round pick on a punter or a kicker. He has one specific skill that that's only translatable and 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 worthwhile from a competitive standpoint in a single context, which is regular season around the hoop defense. And we have seen from the early indications of the relationship between he and Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota, an inability from this guy to get along from a playing standpoint. Now, I don't know whether or not, you know, personally what, what, what the story is. Cause he's a, he was just, he arrived and then KAT got hurt uh, in, in fairly short order. But Minnesota is right on the, 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 the cut line here uh, of, of missing out on, on the playoffs. It's in, and the best they can hope for is making the play-in, and I don't have them making the playoffs if, in their, even in the, in the play-in uh, situation. You know what's crazy about Gobert? The, the advanced metrics still don't mind him. Yeah. Like, there's like, <clears throat> the offense-defense ratings, all that stuff. Like, they're... They basically like him more than the eye test does. I agree with House. I had Gobert in the top five or six was because not only is it a bad contract, not only is it a constant reminder that you gave up all this stuff for this guy who might not even make you a first round playoff team, but he's 30 and I don't see his game aging well, which was the other issue with the trade. What's he going to look like when he's 33? So he's going to be like, if he gets a tad slower and a, a tad more mummy-ish every year, which is what we've seen over and over again with bigger centers, what is that going to look like in two years? Then they'll have two years left on the deal. So a couple of things on Rudy. I think he's being paid as if, you know, the thing that he was very special at, um, he's still special at, right, which is defense, defensive player of the year, level production. I don't think he's no longer, he's no longer special. He's still very good defensive player, defensive big, but he's no longer special. And so to be paid the way that he is, to be a one-dimensional guy and not be outstanding at that dimension is tough. Um, and two, and, you know, he makes me think of another play. He makes me think of Brooke Lopez because Brooke Lopez, I don't think, has any better foot speed or even defensive instincts as Rudy. And he's been that plotting drop defender sort of big man, but he's changed over the past couple of years. He's been willing to come up to the level more, even do a little bit of switching out more. He's just gotten better at what the modern demands are. I don't see why Rudy couldn't do that, but Brooke on the other end is providing you with all this spacing while punishing switches. It's right. just it's just tough. I don't know how Rudy sort of um, regains his value, even if he starts to adjust, you know, his game going forward. Yeah, I think we would all like his contract if it was four for 60. But <laughs> sure. when you throw in the extra 110 million, that's when I, I, <laughs> I take pause. You draw the line. Uh I like that pick, House. All right, Waz, last pick of the second round. Who do you got? See, this is this is easy for me, and it's related to Rudy Gobert. It's the guy who they traded for Rudy Gobert to play his position, who has five years after this year at $260 million. They traded four first-round picks, the rights to their damn draft, all of this stuff for a dude that's already making $45 million to play your spot. And you still get paid a max contract? 
Carl Anthony Towns, it's just a horrible deal. Um, and and the, the, the reason why I know it's a horrible deal, Bill, this guy is their max contract player. He hasn't played since essentially December. We don't know what his timeline to return is. Nobody's talk, nobody even talks about it. It's not even spoken of. People have just moved on. Carl Towns is going, who cares? This dude has $260 million left on his deal. Right. And I and again, I think, you know, some people would say his contract isn't um, all that unvaluable because there might be somebody dumb enough willing to actually give Minnesota stuff for him in a potential trade. Because I think obviously he's the next domino to move. It's just they have no other choices. But I doubt that. I have a Towns update was it's three thirty four Pacific time on a Wednesday. Um. He's expected to return in the coming weeks, quote, according to the Timberwolves. Wow. He's continuing to progress in his rehabilitation program. Guys. <laughs> he scrimmaged with reserve players and coaches this week. What the, what, what did he get? It, like his calf cut off his body? Like, How is his yeah. calf injury this long? I'm I, with I, you, I, Waz. I agree more. It's, that is a really, 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 really tough contract to digest next to the Gobert contract because... I think they could trade Towns and I actually think there'll be a market for him because if you look at, you know, his offensive production, oh, the house is raised to say it. And the hoops IQ stuff that we saw from him in the playoffs last year, which was appalling and reprehensible <laughs> it was as the crazy. months pass, people forget like with anything <laughs> else. It's like, oh yeah, they lost in the playoffs. They don't remember some of the shit that actually happened in that series. I think he's, I think he's the number one draft pick to get traded this summer of all the stars. How's you want him? I, I would trade Bradley Beal for Carl Anthony Towns as as fast as you put a, a giant plate of fried chicken from Popeyes in front of me, and I take that sucker down. Like <laughs> I can't tell you how fast I would make that trade. the The money is is nearly equivalent. Uh, the one aspect of the Bradley Beal thing that I, that I forgot to mention. Uh, he's 29 years old, turning 30 th- this year in, in the first mm. year. We're going to have the first year of this the contract done. <laughs> Another four years. Great track record for actually, I don't want, I shouldn't say it, share any of this because I want him traded. Uh, he's great. He's a great uh, team player. Second <laughs> banana, third banana. Minnesota, you can work Beal in. Let him be a catch and shoot out on the perimeter. Let Anthony Edwards, you know, drive and kick. And Gobert can stand in the middle immobile. That's a so let him compliment. be a shorter Carl Towns. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> I wonder. You know, he's a Kentucky guy. I wonder if the Knicks have him on their radar. Um, wow. There's always the Phoenix. Could you put him with Durant, DeAndre, and like that kind of thing? I I think there's. I think could see the Warriors talking themselves into him. I think there's a lot of teams that would kick the tires on that because his production. He's, he was putting up 25 and 10 or 25 and 11, whatever, 40% three-point shooting. Like, you just, you look at the basketball reference page for two minutes and you forget all the other stuff. You're like, whoa, look at those stats. Wow. And that's it. Is that's it, where is, House is. Is he, is he twice the salary worth of Julius Randle? I just, I find that hard to believe. Because he's going to have to play power forward, right? He, he'll, he'll play Julius Randle's position. And obviously, he is on another stratosphere of offensive player, but he's way worse at defense. Um, as well, crazy as that is to say about Julius Randle, who used to suck. Um, he's just way worse at defense. Like, the few minutes that he did play with Gobert, it was 
it was a joke that anybody could think this guy could play defensive minutes at power forward. It's, I don't know. I think Carl Towns, man, I just think he's a losing player. I, I really do. I don't know how, if he is the focal point of what you do and you commit all of those resources to him, how your team can be very good. Minnesota, they had it ideal for him last year with all of these really wiry, long, athletic guys. They played this hyper-aggressive defense that allowed Towns to just be like, you know what? Just be aggressive at the top. Everybody else is going to handle your business behind mm. the play and close to the rim because we're so rangy and athletic and strong and all of that. And in this year, trying to get him to just be a traditional big, it's tough. I'm reasonably sure his extension has not kicked in yet. No, it hasn't. Is, it starts which, next year. Which <laughs> harkens back to one of my favorite NBA moments of all time when Washington gave Andre Blatch an extension and it hadn't kicked in yet. And then it kicked in and they amnestied it. They amnestied it right after it kicked in. It's one of the best. In the annals house, we have to do a top 75 worst Wizards Bullets Moves podcast. <laughs> That's got to be top 12. The Andre Blatch extension. You'll get at least 10 listeners for that, I'm sure. Oh, wow. You get one more pick. Top of the third round. Hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. This this one hurts me because I really like this player. Um, But it's become plainly obvious that he's overpaid and, and it feels like he's unmovable. And that's John Collins. Um, oh. He's got three years, almost 80 million left after this year. And ever since he's ruined his the finger on his shooting hand, he can't shoot anymore. And if John Collins isn't sort of respectable from three, if you look at his three-point percentage, just completely plummeted since that injury. He's shooting in the 20s now. Um, he's just not as effective of a player. And he's been on the traded block for two solid years. And nobody's bitten. And I like him. I think he's a tough player. He plays with an incredible motor. I, I believe he can give you minutes at the five defensively. He's switchable, vertical spacing with the hops on lobs and all of that. But, man, he can't shoot worth a damn. And he doesn't do anything else offensively. And so, yeah, the contract is tough right now. And, I, and it hurts me, Bill. And how well, I, know you I, like I love the John Hawks. Collins. I know, you I know you watch a lot of Hawks in general. The three-point shooting went off a cliff this year, 25%. House, I like the the concept of somebody being on the trade block for like more than a year. And it's been a <laughs> year and a crazy. half for him. Just That's crazy. just an incredibly <laughs> long amount of time for somebody to work for an employer where it's been pat <laughs> patently clear. They're not totally satisfied with the working relationship and maybe want to send you to greener pastures and just can't find the right thing out. The interesting thing with Collins... So Phoenix is going to trade for him, right? It's going to happen. And the day before the trade deadline, that new owner they have, Matt Ishbia, he's like, wait a second. We're, we can't get Durant because you, you don't want to give up Mikhail Bridges? And they're like, yeah, yeah, Mikhail's off limits. He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Put Bridges in the trade. And they throw him in the trade. And, and so yeah. long, John Collins. But I'm with Waz House. I, I'm not sure if you're like the 6'10 forward you're an okay rebounder, not incredible, but you also can't shoot threes. I don't know how you play in 2023 on like a really good team. I mean, you you have to be like a fourth option, and they're paying him like he's a he's a in between a second and third option. That that's the problem with the with the yeah. He's like discount he's Tobias Harris. Yes, but Tobias oh. Harris at least makes oh. open threes. <laughs> 
Tobias Harris. Interesting name. Mm, yeah, that's a good. <laughs> that's a good name. Mm. Oh, house, you're on the clock. <laughs> oh, Tobias Harris. Wait, no, I'm I'm not going to do it, even though he is grossly overpaid, and I fully expect him off the board within the next two rounds. Um, I hope Waz forgives me. I'm going back to Atlanta. Mm. I, I I don't see. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't for the Hawks because. You, you, you have a player that is the face of the franchise that oh. gives you is that oh. moment. Oh, well, my God. Who, who else Hold is on. it? I got I got who else I need is to, it? like a safety harness. Where are we going? Who, else? <laughs> who else is the is the face of the Atlanta Hawks franchise? And the 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 dude is is a coach killer. Can't get mm. he, he he only two to be fair. Cr- only two coaches. <laughs> his. His career was resuscitated and saved by Nate Robinson. And he said, thank you so much, Nate. Uh, Nate. Nate McMillan. Uh, Nate, Nate, Nate Robinson. <laughs> Nate said a couple Nate times. <laughs> and he took a giant knife out this year and stabbed it right in, in McMillan's back. And what is your best case scenario with Trey Young? I well, can I can I read you like the contract? You, you keep he, leaving. You never you keep forgetting to say the contract. You're the numbers house. guy. Well, here's the contract. Five years, $215 million. Yeah. Yeah. Waz is just nodding sadly. Look, I'm going to start I, calling he, him Young Beal. Here's what I'll say about Trey Young. In his career, he's proven that he can be an elite offensive player, right? Like just having him on the floor around base level competence, you will have really good offense. Like, he's proven to be that kind of guy in his career. However, the stuff where he, it seems like he's impossible to work with and deal with on a professional and human level, that's a problem. You know, to me, that's bigger than, you know, can't guard anybody and all of this kind of stuff. It's like the attitude around the team, um, the way these guys play is just so, like, lifeless and... Not very, they don't play for each other. This doesn't seem to be a connected group. He's gotten two coaches fired. Nate McMillan to the point where he's like defying people in the press where he's just like, yo, fam, I know I'm going to get fired. I don't care. I'm not taking shit from this kid anymore. Like (laughs) that to me, that's bad. And that's why I'll lend this some credence because of the stuff off the court. I think on the court, he's worth his deal. But off the court stuff, it, it, it has to come into consideration when you consider somebody a quote-unquote franchise guy where he's pissing everybody off from John Collins to Nate McMillan to you name it. Well, Murray will be the litmus test for this, right? If Murray doesn't want to stay, then that, I think that's another chip in the, uh-oh, what's going on here with Trey Young Arsenal? Hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm on the clock. I need a ruling on Lonzo Ball. Oh, man. I'm Ooh. glad you Look, I'm Can glad we have the Lonzo Ball us. conversation? So oh, Lonzo has three for 61.5 yet, but it might be just an injury. You just get to yeah. write it off. It might not count against the cap. You might get to replace it. So I don't, I don't know. Is it a bad contract or is it just a sad contract? I, I think I'm it's in, a I'm, sad. Me too. A, I'm strongly a sad, sad contract. Yes. Because yes. right. those, those, those first Lonzo few out. months... 
those first few months with him and Caruso on the Bulls was must see TV what these guys were doing the backcourts in the NBA. Just I'm such a fan of Lonzo's game, and by me all too. accounts, he's a great guy. All right, and we'll leave this, him out. For his knee to be so cooked, it's tough. That hurt me, Bill. That hurt. Oh, hurt. Well, your guy David Griffin's like, yeah, Chicago, you should take him. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. No, we're going to let him go. All right, so Lonzo. You, you, you know, hold on, Bill. Speaking like Griff's reputation. I've never seen a roller coaster reputation. <laughs> I know. Like Griff's before in my life where it's like he's a genius for the AD deal. Then it's like he's an idiot for what he's doing with Lonzo. Then it's like, oh my God, look at all the stuff New Orleans has. They about to be, they might yeah. go to the Western Conference Finals this year. They got all the he's Lakers. A the Lakers are going to get them when Benyama, blah, blah, blah. And then now it's back to what the fuck is Griff doing? It's crazy, man. <laughs> it's, he needs like his own crisis firm. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm going to audible. I'm going to audible in a way that's going to please both of you. Mm. Um, this is the second biggest t punch that he's taken this season. The first one came courtesy of Draymond Green. The second one is right now because Jordan Peele, you are the ninth pick of Jordan this draft. Jordan Peele. Peele. <laughs> Get it's out. Five, it's, it's the pool It's party, five Bill. for 132, but this year is the cheap deal. Next year it kicks in and he's like a 30 plus million dollar player. I've watched, I don't watch every Warriors game. I watch a lot of basketball. I don't watch every Warriors game. I, I watch a few of them though. I've personally witnessed four different times when his teammates have become completely disgusted with him <laughs> during a game on the court. Um, the stats are way down. I don't, yeah. to me, it's just like, if, if you're going to have your heat check, irrational confidence guy, the market for that is 12 to 13 million and it's not 30. And I think, they overreacted to last year and his ability to play on big stages. I just, I really worry about this contract if I'm then. This is too much money for somebody who's a defensive liability, who just seems really heat checky. And, and I, I don't know if there's a next gear. And I like him. I've been a huge defender of him the last couple of years, but I have not liked what I've seen this year, House. You're nodding, sadly. Well, he, he's 23 years old. So if you want to try and come up yep. with a, yep. a, a justification, a rationale for why there's yet time. And, and you know, I really think we're going to look back at that punch as a sliding doors moment for the Warriors franchise. I mean, uh, mm. uh, I, I, I feel like the part of the reason why the Warriors don't win games on the road has to do with an overall cohesion. Because it's deep lack of on the road. Yeah, mm. that's precisely. That's right. They're missing it. And, I, you know, you know I'm, I'm, I've heard a, my, our guy, Eddie Johnson, talked about this on uh, on his show with Termini that I like. But just about something like that, the healing of an incident like that is just way longer than I think the mm. dumbasses like us would think. And, you know, especially when it's it's uh, Draymond's the leader of the team and it's just, hey, can you lead the same way after that? And look, it's anecdotal, but the seven for 26 is not anecdotal. That's a real number on the road that, you know, they're playing the Clippers tonight it's before we tape number. this, but that's a crazy number. That's a, like the <laughs> fucking insane. Houston Rockets should be seven for 26 on the road, yeah. not the Warriors. So um, anyway, I just, the pool contract makes me nervous. And, yeah, and we're at the point in the draft where it's like, I'm just looking at that kind of money. It hasn't even kicked in yet. And I'm not sure. I just feel like I can get better options for that, for that spot. So Waz, you seem like you want to defend it. 
I, I it, it, the reason why I defend it is because I think this is kind of just the going rate for these dudes. And by these dudes, I mean these shooting guards who score and do absolutely nothing else, right? And it's not, it's Jordan Poole, it's Anthony Simons, it's CJ McCollum. Uh, these guys who were just, they're just one-dimensional players, uh, but they seem to all get paid, right? Here's here another one. Tyler Hero, exactly. Um, who, you know, by the way, has I think he's a little better than Poole. A yeah, little I bit think better Hero's, defensively. I think he's a, but that's the thing. Hero and Poole were side-by-side side heading into yeah. the season. Hero ascended. I think Poole went backwards a little bit. Yeah, and but I feel like it just felt backwards because the stakes seem so high in Golden State, right? And so when Poole's not delivering, it's like, whoa, this is supposed to be the championship favorite. And this guy's supposed to be a huge part of what they're doing. And he's not delivering on that. And so part of me, I'm like, yeah, he's probably overpaid. But also, I think this is just how these guys get valued. Once you have, once it's identifiable where it's like you can shoot and you can create your own shot pretty consistently and efficiently, their teams are going to pay you for that. And so, you know, he's in line with his peers, but damn, it's a lot of bread. And 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 the the, the side cost of it was sort of disrupting the tranquility with Draymond Green who's just in a vacuum is a better player than Jordan Poole is. And then when you consider what he means to this team specifically, like he's just better. And then he has to watch Jordan Poole get paid, so it has like yeah, these compounding factors. It's like, damn, House, you want to guess his three-point percentage this year heading into tonight's Clippers game? I know it's among the worst in the, in the NBA. It's a little uh, better. 32.9. Oh, okay. But he takes eight a game. Um, yeah. All right, we're going to take a break, and then I'm going to take the 10th pick of the fourth round. This episode is brought to you by Honda. Honda is committed to achieving carbon neutrality by 2050, and the Prologue EV is their latest innovation in that journey. The Prologue is all the great things you expect from Honda in an EV. As an SUV, the Prologue comes with class-leading passenger space with intuitive features and clean, thoughtful design. The Prologue is more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra, my go-to right now because I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra, not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game right now than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside LDA 21 and up. I'm just going to go chalk on this one. Mm. Just need an easy one after, you know, it was <laughs> that Jordan Poole conversation. I think it took a lot out of us. We disagreed on some stuff. Um, this one, there's no disagreement whatsoever. He's French. He plays for the Knicks. <laughs> He's up there. <laughs> it's, it's a mere pittance. It's two for 36.9. And then he has a player option or the team option team next option. year. So it's really mm -hmm. only this year, next year. The contract is so bad. 
And it's so weird that he's just not even a rotation guy anymore. And then you see him on the bench and he's always kind of standing there. He's not really applauding. He's just kind of watching the game like the rest of us. And his name is Evan Fournier and yeah. I'm making him my pick. Uh, yeah. Waz, any thoughts? Yeah, 100%. Uh, this, is, this was on my board. I had this sort of highlighted because it's like one... He's going to make $20 million next year. And this is a guy who would struggle to earn a contract of 4 or $5 million in Europe, right? And you're paying him to do nothing on the Knicks. And it's, but it's with good reason. He's just, he's just not an effective offensive player. He's never been anybody's idea of a defender um, at a position where you need people who can hold up to the most skilled guys in the league. And so, yeah, this is a terrible deal. And... and Tibbs was really stubborn about playing. I'm playing veterans last year. He was so damn stubborn about this shit. Um, where this year he's finally found religion and it's just quickly and Grimes and, you know, all of the young guys now and, and Fournier is, yeah, he's master splinter now. Well, we always talk about the 50, 40, 90 guys house. Fournier's working on a 35, 32, 86. <laughs> it's unconventional. True shooting is 490 this year. He played 44 minutes in February. He's played zero this month. It just Sheesh. sucks to have the bad contract where it's like Duncan Robinson. There might be one more run with him. Yeah. You never know. It's like, oh man, oh, he hit some threes. The Fournier thing is like sunk cost. He doesn't want to be there. They wish he wasn't there. Clearly this summer, heading into the last year of his contract, he'll be a trade piece. And did I leave anything else out, House? No, I, I mean, I'm looking, uh, first of all, Fournier and Bertans, that, both those guys could go to Europe. That would make, I want to make an all-Europe team. They that, go together. That makes sense to me. But it, <laughs> look, you mentioned Duncan Robinson. The, 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 the contracts kind of line up. Fournier for Robinson, does that do anything for you? Well, yeah, they line up from a year-by-year -year standpoint, but the Robinson goes way longer is the issue. All yeah, right, House, yes, you're in the class. Yes, yes. Um, we, we mentioned this guy's name, and this is purely a function of the amount of money that he makes relative to how important he is to this team's success, and it is Tobias Harris. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's time, time to go ahead and, and call it out. He's got two years at 77 <laughs> million dollars. It's a little steep. That is uh, the, 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 you know, he's perfectly fine, right? He's shooting around 50%. He, he's averaging. I have the, you know, the numbers up here. Oh, Definitely he's a playoff rotation guy. Points. He's a yeah, mid-level exception level player. Yeah, right. he's like a, like a, that J, like slightly better than like that J Crowder level of the 10 million a year. Maybe and the, he's and like the, a 14 million a year guy. And, and, and he is, you know, inconsistent in a way that would be fine if you were paying him at that kind of level, but his inconsistency, and you just like, look at his last five games. He plays 25 minutes on Sunday against the Wizards, shoots 36%. Uh, oh, wow. He's, he's, his shooting percentage has been bad lately, but you know, four games ago, a 50% game and, and five games ago, a 66% game, you know, 14 rebounds three nights ago. Uh, you know, three rebounds, uh, uh, you know, against the Wizards. So it's it's that inconsistency. It's that up and down where Philly is legit. That, that's a serious team. Mm -hmm. They are formidable. I am excited to see the, the, them where they land playoff wise. I think they're going to get the two seed and 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 uh, beat out the Charmin Celtics. I'm sorry, Podfather. Um, <laughs> it would be great if they could get some consistent play out of Tobias. That's all. Yeah, Tobias Harris, gonna... fifteen and six this year was. Yeah, that's 
Yeah, they, they, when they the, the my problem with his contract because he's up there for me too is that when they inevitably lose at some point in the second or if they're lucky the conference championship of this year's playoffs, nobody will say his name. Nobody will mention what his lack of contribution was or whatever he put like. He has just skated this entire deal. <laughs> like, nobody cares about what he um, brings to the table. And he signed a maximum contract extension with this mm. team. It's kind of crazy. I hate going against a fellow New York City guy. But God damn, man, this is this is a tough deal. <laughs> yeah. Again, playoff player, no question. Just a little too expensive. Was you got two in a row. Who do you got? There's a couple guys that I cannot believe have been taken yet. I think because oh, yeah, none of I us gotta, have the balls to take I have one a, in particular. I have a few. Um, the first one that comes to mind, and uh, to me, it's DeAndre Hunter. Um, and part of this is because... DeAndre Hunter? DeAndre Hawks already. DeAndre <laughs> Hunter. List. DeAndre Hunter, after this season, he's got four years. His extension kicks in four years, $90 million, Ooh. right? Four years, $90 million. And more importantly, Bill, a guy who's making $12, 13000000 million was on this team is way better than him and is killing in Sacramento right now. And that's uh, my guy, Red Velvet, Kevin Herter. So yeah. that's why this, this particular contract just gnaws at me because they had the guy at this position who was just, just flat out a better player. But, but Waz, this is what happens when Roman Roy gets to run your team. Mmm... Mm. Is is that what's happening with Hawks ownership right now? Hawks <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so this this deal is a, a lot bad of chefs one. in that in front of that oven. This deal is a bad one. Um Bill is daring us to get spicy. Wait, wait, but, I have I have a quick DeAndre Hunter thing. Sure, go ahead. I'm disappointed. Not in yeah. you, but in, in him that he made this list. I really like DeAndre Hunter. I liked his game. I thought he was going to take a big step up this year. He's the classic. A lot of smoke getting blown up his butt about what's going to happen this year, House. Oh, DeAndre Hunter, watch out for him. Breakout year. And it, it and I don't know. It'd be easy to just say, well, this is a weird team. I wouldn't want to be a small forward on this weird team. But I don't know. I'm disappointed, House. Well, he... he is a defensive minded guy and, and we've sort of touted him um, and, and he hasn't missed, you know, previously he had a little bit of, of the injury bug, but he's played 59 games um, this season, but it, it's turned out to, to be quiet. And I think some of that has to do with the dysfunction in Atlanta who's in charge. I mean, I really can't believe we have three Hawks already. We're only, you know, 12 picks in. Unbelievable. Um, but I, I agree with, with the assessment. The, the problem with DeAndre Hunter is that he cost them uh, red velvet. Well, and, and $90 million for the next four years. Who do you have for the other one, House? Uh, Waz? You're going to do it? Somebody's going to do it soon. Yeah, I know, it's, yeah. I, I know I that bomb's going to be dropped. I'm waiting I, for I, it. I, I got to get spicy. For me, it's Michael Porter Jr. Um, oh, again. He got dropped another, last year, too. Another, yeah. ma he's a max level guy. And some people would say, oh, he's not really allowed to play to that level. I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. And they're going to rely on this guy to be one of their best wing defenders in the playoffs. And if they can't do anything defensively on the wing, it's because Michael Porter Jr. wasn't doing his job as the second highest paid guy on the team. Um, and so, you know, offensively, 
I believe in the style that they play. I think it's completely unguardable. I don't think Michael Porter Jr. needs to be some one-on-one assassin on this team. So it's not really about what he's doing offensively. It's just like he should be a better rebounder. He should be playing better defense. Just from his size alone, he should be better at those things. And he's just not. And oftentimes... It feels like he's just going through the motions out there. And, you know, part of this is my sensitivity to the fact that I picked the Nuggets to win the championship this year. And I, and I need Michael Porter to, to come through I know, for he's me. their so swing guy. Well, you didn't, me, tell the, you didn't say the contract. Oh, so after this year, there's three years, $105 million left on the deal. So that's- I like, have that's it on a- spot track. It's, I have, this is year one. It's five years for 179, but the fifth year has partial guarantees in it. Right. Net next three years guaranteed 33, 36, 38.3. Um, listen, here's the problem with Michael Porter Jr. because I do think he's in so, you watch on the certain nights and he'll make a big shot and it's exciting and he does some really fun stuff with Jokic every once in a while. I shouldn't be pleasantly surprised every time he has a good quarter. It feels That's Toby Harris. Like, oh, cool. Michael Porter, Michael Porter played well for an hour. Yeah, like, I shouldn't it, be psyched about it. A lot of Tobias Harris vibes with that one. Um, if, as far as impact on a night to night basis. But yeah. House, any me, Porter takes? Any what? Do you have any Michael Porter Jr. takes or do you want to just do your pick? Well, I really do think that what Waz is saying is is the case. Their their playoff fortunes really reside on that dude's shoulders, and we haven't seen enough to like really feel confident as these playoffs are on a four game losing streak. And he he is the swing; he's the fulcrum player. I I, I believe. I mean, Nurkic is going to get his. MPJ's got to play crazy defense. He's got to average double digit rebounds, and he's got to knock down those those threes. For Denver to go on the run um, that we kind of imagined they had, cap- they were capable of. Counter just from somebody who watches a lot of Nuggets games. Porter seventeen and five, forty one point five percent from three this year. I'm more worried about Murray watching the Nuggets the last two mm. weeks than I am about okay. Porter because I don't know what happened with uh, with Murray. But I, we all agree that Michael Porter makes too much money. How who do you have next? <laughs> Um, this feels like low hanging fruit. Um, maybe, a, maybe even a, a cop out. Um, Kyle Lowry's still going to yeah. make sixty million yeah. bucks. You know, he has sixty yep. two million for dollars. Yeah, yeah, yep. in the face. Uh, it's a tough deal. Can't get on the floor. Can't can't help Miami get over the hump. Um, I I don't like to do what I'm about to do. Uh, but dude never looks in shape. And, and <laughs> you know. It, it, I understand the injury component of it and, and rehab and everything like that, but you can be in shape and be injured at the same time. That that is, they're not mutually ex- exclusive. Um, he looks like he's rolling in at, at the Y, and you know if he rolled on the floor at, at the Y, you're like, okay, he's the guy you would underestimate who would come in and start making thirty footers in your grill. I've made that mistake before, um, but he's not he's not rolling in the Y. Miami needs him to make a viable playoff push and he can't get on the floor and make that contribution. It, it, they really miss him. He could, he would really, the version of Kyle Lowry from two years ago would be incredible for this Miami team, but he can't play. So I have nothing to add. I, I think it's a little too high for him. There's a couple really tasty choices left on the board. There's a few tasty ones. I'm going to go next. This pick. is an easy one. I, Honestly, great value. Can't believe he hasn't gone yet. Um, three years, thirty-six million. Doesn't play anymore. 
even though he's on one of the most fun teams in the league, Rashawn Holmes, um, mm. doesn't play. They don't have a backup center. He's right there. They just paid him an extension. Guess what? No thanks, Rashawn. You just you stay over there. We're gonna have fun and score 129 points a game. Yeah. Um, just cheer us on. And it's, it's this it's is tough. one where they will be moving this one and shopping. I know they were shopping at the deadline too, but they will be shopping this one hard. Yeah, he's a he's an offense only player on a team that already has plenty of it. And it's like, dude, we need some level of defense at some point here. And Rashawn Holmes has kind of never been that dude. Um, although I've, I've liked him in the past. There was times where he was one of the only bright spots I like him when too. watching the Kings. But yeah, he's, he's a bit slightly overpaid for what they're asking him to do at this point. Honestly, House, I think he would have been a good tanking weapon for one of the, like the Rockets should have like <laughs> pursued him to add him to the list. He would have been good. My only quibble with, with drafting him here is in some respects, it seems like it's addition by subtraction for the Kings. Like not playing them, him has given them the rotation that they, that, that works for them. Like he's not stealing minutes from from anybody and it's only 12 million bucks which to me like in the in the big scheme of things you you almost can you you can whiff on, on a all 12 right, million fair. dollar player that's all well since house just challenged my manhood oh boy i'm going to drop the bomb that <laughs> the two of you wusses were just afraid to do it we all stared at it for a couple rounds now none of us had the balls guess what i just put my balls on the table Zion Williamson, six years, two hundred and seven million. <laughs> he is an uh, unbelievable basketball player. Two hundred and seven million dollars, and he cannot play for four weeks in a row. And I think we have three drafted five, ten. We almost had twenty players. I, I I would be very scared to cut that check if I was a New Orleans owner, even though I get all the upside and he's an amazing basketball player. Can he stay in the courthouse? Can we see him stay in the court? See, he's in the same category for me as Lonzo. It's a sad contract, not a bad contract, because the potential that he showed us in the, you know, two 30-game stints that we got out of him had him appearing as as a transcendent player, right? I mean, we we he he had numbers that were top 5 all-time NBA history kind of of offensive efficiency, uh points in the paint kind kind of uh trajectory. He just he just can't play. So it it is he's still super young. I give him enormous credit for listening over the summer. He got in great shape. Really he fun showed to watch. up in shape. He was ready to kick ass. New Orleans, what were they, 23 and 12? Uh, at, you know, at one point, they were third in the West at one point. I I am going to lose a ton of money on the Pelicans this season because I was so bullish on their prospects. I thought yeah, you have sure, multiple. You might even have a Zion MVP bet somewhere. No, somewhere I didn't do that MVP one. bet collection. I didn't do, I did bet a lot of guys for MVP. Zion wasn't one of them. But it's a bummer. What I say about Zion, it's a, it's a bummer. He's young. Maybe there's still some hope. Yeah, the the stuff about him not staying on the floor is tough, but I think the difference between him and him and Lonzo Ball is fair or not the perception that throughout his career Zion hasn't been exactly um dedicated to his fitness. Uh and it's hard to separate that lack of dedication 
from his injuries. I, I feel like the two go hand in hand. And maybe I might be wrong. Like, you know, spoiler alert, I'm no doctor. But I, I think there's a perception that a lot of his injury problems stem from his lack of, you know, nutritional stuff, the, the, the working out stuff. And when we say he was in shape coming into this season, I would say he's in shape compared to the seasons before that. <laughs> he's in shape for him. Not in shape, actually, right? <laughs> and so that's my thing about Zion is like, man, is he is his is he even gonna make it to the end of that deal? Um, his body anyway. That's why I question that. That's why I think uh Bill uh makes a, a solid point. This is an inspired pick for sure. But I was thinking I, about somebody else, honestly. I was I think the sad the sad contract, bad contract is first of all a really good gimmick. Congratulations <laughs> yes. to me for thinking of it. I was very excited. <laughs> I still got it. I still, still throw a fastball every once in a while. Um the Zion thing makes me sad more than mad at the at the figure. Yeah. Certainly wouldn't blame them for what they paid him. It's Zion Williamson, but um, I just look at it like LeBron got plantar fasciitis, which everyone else in the league gets and your season's over. And LeBron <laughs> is Instagramming like, photos from a hyperbaric chamber. <laughs> and it's just, he's clearly going to be back in like two weeks and he'll be fine. And if Zion got that injury, we wouldn't see him for like a year and a half. Yeah. And I, that's unfortunately the problem with the Zion thing. All right, we're going to take one more break and then uh, House, you're on the clock. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe Spring. On the way, warmer temperatures, more time outside, more time away from your home. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you're doing what you can to protect your place and get a Simply Safe home security system, comprehensive protection for your whole home, a great way to keep you and your loved ones safe. What if you're going out for Easter for six hours? You don't think the burglars are going to figure that out? That y'all y'all packed up your car at like 1130 on Easter and you drove off somewhere? Yeah, all they need is an hour. I'm not the only one singing Simply Safe's praises. Simply Safe, named best home security system in 2024 by US News and World Report, recognized for the best customer service and home security by Newsweek. Protect your home today. I use Simply Safe and love it. My listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when they sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash BS. Don't wait. That is simplysafe.com slash BS. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? This is something I've thought about a lot over the last 25 years. Sometimes little kids enter your life. Sometimes you're just searching for that extra hour. Sometimes it feels like all of a sudden it's three o'clock, four o'clock. And it's like, where'd the day go? I barely did anything. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you so that you can make it a priority and therapy can help you figure that out. A therapist can guide you through the process of defining your values and understanding your priorities so you know what things you can spend your time on that will really fulfill you. Otherwise, you'll always be wishing for more time. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Bill Simmons today to get 10% off your first month. 10%. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Bill Simmons. All right, House, you're up. Uh, I thought you had somebody else in mind for this. And so I'm going to, I'm going to jump in the pool with, with both feet. And I don't know if, if you guys are, are going to uh, agree or, or what, but 
for how old this dude is and and what you know the the, the age through which this extension that he just oh, signed wow. is, is gonna run oh my he, god he, he's don't a, disrespect my guy oh he's a one goodness. of one he's a one of one he is the face of the franchise he deserves every accolade but in terms of return in terms of the the fortunes of the franchise the goals to be the goal to be successful this contract feels like it, it's a limiting factor i am going to say dame lillard I, mm. I love I, mm. I love oh. Dame Dollar. I love him so much. He was a, a an absolute ray of light for Portland through the the entire uh, uh, winter from January on up through a top three scorer in the league. But this contract has him. He's Hold on, my be... red leg just caught on firehouse. Hold on, Hold on. Just it out. I just want you to hear this. Well, let me let me ask, how much money do you think he's going to make in 20 in the 2026 2027 season? <laughs> it's a, it's like it starts with a six, like six, right? It starts with a six. <laughs> yes, it starts with a six. Now, I know that we good. There's a new collective uh, bargaining agreement coming. There's a new media deal coming. And at some point, 60 million dollars is it could feel like just a regular old upper tier contract. But Dame's going to be 36 turning 37. There's not a huge track record of smallish shooting guards who are still at the peak efficiency at that point in their career. Love Dame Dollar. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. It's just well, too rich. It's a, it's so a lifetime achievement award contract. That's all. His extension was two years, 121.7 million. Was <laughs> if Dame did a diss track of house. Would that be the highlight of your career, my career, <laughs> house's career or all three of us at the same uh, time? I, I would say all three of us at the same time. And, and the reason why I disagree with house one, I think Dame Lillard's contract is one that a bunch of people would want to jump on. Um, yeah. with two feet. Cause it's not just his play, which the guy dropped 70 something points this Love year, it. right? So the good. two previous years, this is why, this is why I disagree with this. And it has to do with the, the Trey Young stuff, the two previous years where Dame is playing through injury. He's not doing load management. He's not doing the this. The, he, they had to make him sit games and go get operated on to fix himself. This guy just like refuses to not play. The, and then, of course, there's his production, which look, man, Steph is, is probably better. But like, man, I think Dame is like a, a half a notch right underneath that. And just as a as a professional as somebody who's going to lead your franchise and do the right thing, set the right examples, like that kind of stuff gets discounted too much, I think. And so I disagree with you. I understand the take. Uh, $63 million. And appreciate the and take. And the 26-27 season is going to be a lot. But I think for the next three seasons, Dame's going to be a $50 million player for sure. I think it's basically the contract itself, even if you just whited out his name, and just said, here's a contract. Yeah. It's almost like blind has to be in the top 25. 121 million starting three <laughs> years from now, like makes my sphincter just tighten. Like all kinds of terrible things can happen to basketball players or, you know, it's just, yeah. man, that's a lot of money. But uh, House, really appreciate and respect where you went. You have one more pick somehow. What do you got? No, I, oh no, I, you don't. I, Waz has two. It's Waz with two. Go ahead, Waz. All right, so my pick here is Zach Levine, um, and that's because the Bulls were hemming and hawing and crying about having to give this guy a deal, 
Before this, um, they were just killing this dude in the press. You guys will remember our friend Brian Windhorse was at the Olympics. He asked Zach Levine about getting a deal done, and Zach Levine said, I just want my respect, <laughs> a.k.a. pay me the goddamn maximum in money and years. Like, they fought over this over the press. They gave him the deal. Five, and I for, think five for 215. Basically, and I think they're going to try. There's four years and $178 million left after I have worse news year. for you, Waz. 15% trade kicker. Woo! So Woo! now if they trade him, that's up to like 245. <laughs> I, I think they'll be looking to move him this summer, but I, I I wonder how many teams outside of like teams like LA, like I think the Lakers would be willing to do anything for some win now stuff, even if with yeah. the long term ramifications. But like I wonder who would actually take on Zach Levine at that number, knowing he just he doesn't really change your life. You know, you have to have excellence already in place for him to make a big deal. I think don't get it twisted, Zach Levine, LeBron, AD. I think that would be incredible. Right, but like on a on a different kind of team, or the Bulls more specifically, they're nothing with him, and he's got these lingering knee issues. So yeah, I think the Levine deal might be one in a few years where we'd be like, "Holy moly, this is this is a tough one." I agree that he's a trade candidate this summer. I don't agree that the Lakers will trade for that contract because they already have Anthony Davis and. And LeBron James in year 21 on their team at that point. And I'm pretty sure you'd want a little stability with your $40 million <laughs> guy at that point. I can see the Nets for him. The yeah. Nets have all those different pieces and like a three for one, something like that. But uh, I could also see House's Wizards. Seems like the kind of contract the Wizards would be. They're just kind of on brand for them. <laughs> well, if, if you're looking for a guy who's going to help a franchise, you know, spin its wheels and win about 38 games a season, that ZL's the dude. I will say this in, in the in the Bulls' defense, the context in which they made that deal, it's understandable. You were, you were yeah, it's like a about no Lonzo choice. Coming back, yeah. yeah, and they they didn't have a choice. So because you know you, it was a thirty-five game sample with with Lonzo, and and it's like, man, th this is really could be something, and and we've been cheated of it because of the bad injury luck. Waz, you got one more pick. What do you got? Mm, I'm trying to see where I. Okay, I know what I want to do. Um, it's Jonathan Isaac. Uh, and this might be bad contract, sad contract, because he can't stay on the floor. But, you know, when you got a guy in your locker room quoting Bible verses to NBA players, I, I got to put you on bad contract alert. Um, and so Jonathan Isaac, a.k.a. the preacher man, two years, $34 million still left. They have some outs with it, though, I think. I think I think they can get it. There's some partial guarantee stuff with it that I think they can get out of. Next year. Um, no. Should we get? No. 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 It's okay. two guaranteed, two guaranteed years mm. after this year at 17.4 yeah. uh, for a guy who never plays belongs. and whose teammates roll their eyes every time he steps into a, the same room as them. So, uh, yeah, put, put, put Jonathan Isaac on that list for me. House, what do you got? Maybe we'll do one more, one more round here. What do you got, House? Oh, good. It's time. I'm ready. I have my guy. <laughs> Oh, no. He's a very important part of, of the Charmin Celtics. And, he, and, and, <laughs> and if, he, if he was playing, it might be a different. He could be the coach on the floor that, that the team needs. And he, and he should be the, the, the enforcer uh, in terms of, of, of force of will. He's got, uh, so he signed a four-year, $76.5 million contract. 
and at the end of this contract, he's going to get paid 21 million bucks in 2025, 2026. I mean, if, if Marcus Smart could stay on the floor and, <laughs> you know, help that team find itself all over again in terms of some defensive intensity, I might feel like you're getting your, your, your money's worth. But who, who is Marcus Smart at this point in his career, Podfather, I ask you? I mean, the sad thing about what you laid out is whatever physical condition he's in right now, they're actually better off if he's if he's not playing because he's been that bad. And they have Derek White just sitting right there ready to play any crunch time. I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. What Smarts just look terrible. And, it, mm. and it's not like, oh, he's having a bad game. And this is like every game he looks bad. The Hawks game, they're just, they're just trying to finish the Hawks game. And he's just coming up with new ways for the Hawks to get the ball back. Rockets game, he was singularly atrocious. And White was sitting there on crunch time. It's been really bad. And I, I do worry, you know, he was awesome last year. He was awesome to start the season. But I do like thinking in football terms, these guys like, you know, like running backs or tight ends or strong safeties that just are in a lot of collisions and a lot of physicality. And all of a sudden it goes off a cliff. And I really hope that's not happening with him right now. Um, it's, it's the topic of every conversation I have with every Celtics fan in my life is where I'm like, what is going on with Marcus Smart? What do you see, Wes? Yeah, I, I, he's, but he's, he goes through these stretches where he can't make a shot and he looks like a complete disaster. Um, but he could always and, guard somebody in those stretches. Right. The, the and that, thing and that's, that's the problem. He can't stay in front of people anymore. And that, that's more alarming to me than the, the shot coming and going. Yeah, that, and 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 that's the the real problem. Is like now he's not this elite. <laughs> Didn't he win Defensive Player of the Year last year? Was that he just last it. year? You know, um, now he's just getting abused. You know, I would hope maybe this is just an effort, regular season thing, and then in the playoffs. Or he might be hiding an injury. That, that there's an injury. Like I'm just not telling people I'm injured. Piece of this that's possible. If that's the case, he should stop playing right now. Take the 10 to 12 games yeah. that you need to get right and get right like that. You know, yeah. help this team. You, you the, the Celtics um, have showed an, an alarming res lack of resilience in the face of, of physical play. What the Knicks did to them, uh, you know, a, a couple weeks ago in terms of that overtime, they bullied the Celtics. They the Celtics could not corral a single rebound. The only way they got the ball back in overtime was by fouling Mitchell Robinson, who got every yeah. goddamn rebound. Yeah, the Josh Hart just seemed tougher than anyone in the Celtics was problem. They there's not a lot of dog in the Celtics team this year. And you think like last year where Grant Williams and Smart and Robert Williams were these huge pieces of everything that was happening. This year Grant Williams is getting yanked around and he's been bad for six weeks. Smart. I don't know what's going on. Rob Williams doesn't play. It's it's pretty rough. All right. I'm going to end this for us. Um, I don't think I'm going to drop a bomb. There's some, there's some pretty fun ones on the board still. All right. Nah, I don't, I don't want to feud with the Rockets fans again. I'm going to stay away from that. It's so whiny. It's a whiny fan base. Um, I... <laughs> Think about it. I want Portland fans to know that I love Dame. <laughs> I don't, don't, don't misunderstand. <laughs> We're all afraid of the aggregated blog content. $63 million in 2026. Punted says Dame Lillard overpaid. 
<laughs> I love them. I oh. love them. Don't get it wrong. Oh my God. I had somebody on my list that was supposed to go in my like top seven and he just went undrafted. I'm going to fire like two of my scouts. Yusuf Nurchic, four years, yeah. 70 million. <laughs> He's How up did there. he not go four rounds ago? He's up there. But he can't He's guard anybody. He He's cannot guard there. anybody. It's terrible. He's supposed to be the anchor of what they're doing down there. And, they, you know, again, they're, they're right there with Dallas. Just some of the worst defense that can put. It's a layup line. Against these guys every single night. And yeah, Nurk is, he's up there. Uh, another big man I can't understand. Marvin Bagley, two more years left. 25 yeah, he's got, mil. Yeah, like, that's oh, right. How? Why is that happening? And then Norm Powell, he's got three Ooh. years, 60 mil left on his deal. Ooh, I kind of <laughs> like Come Norm, on. though. Norm does kind of like Norm, come in hot every a, once in a while. Yeah, he's, you're right. He's a 20 million dollar player. Come on now. Can Love I read you? Norm? Just all the centers in the league, and you tell me you just stop me when it's somebody you'd rather have than you'd rather have Nurkic than the center than that person. Jokic, Embiid, Sabonis, Adebayo, Anthony Davis, Brook Lopez, Jaron Jackson, Carl Anthony Towns, Vucevic, Kessler, Aiton, Porzingis, Jared Allen, Miles Turner, Pirtle, Capella, Horford, Gobert, Robert Williams, Nick Claxton, Jonas Valanciunas. <laughs> Mark Williams Maybe. on the no, on I Charlotte. Like more. No, Mark Williams is a is a is a Mark rookie. He's going to be he's good. A, he's definitely not better than Kevon Looney. No shot. Stephen Adams. No, Stephen Adams is the secret to to nah, Memphis's I don't fortunes. Think he's him, better than him, Mason Plumley. All right, now, oh, now we, we might be warm. there. Now we're getting yeah 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 yeah. All right, so we're so we're now in the Mason Plumley like Christian Wood. I think Christian Wood is misunderstood. That's tough I, I, for Nurkic. I didn't think that Christian Wood and, and Jason Kidd were going to be a good match. And, and, and guess what? They're not a good At match. At least Nurkic rebounds, man. But Christian Wood is just a way better offensive player. He's shooting the hell out of the rock. Like, I don't know. But yeah, that's the range. The well, plum leads the woods. To, um, apologies to Devontae Graham, who has three for 36 left. And Rudy that's Gay, ugly. two for 12.6. And Daniel Tice. I respect Rudy. Daniel Tice can't believe he didn't get drafted. He was, where is he? He's 18 million bucks. Who cares? Eight, two, two years, for 18. nine million bucks a year. Who cares? Gordon Hayward, two for 62. He doesn't know what, what he did wrong not to get drafted. Look, um, I, that was pretty good lately, about though. Gordon Hayward. I've been watching him lately, and he looks so damn good. He looks good. Somebody's going to be plays, traded for him this summer. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kevin Porter, four for 50. He can't believe he wasn't drafted. <laughs> And JaVale McGee, three for 17. He's a little stunned. P.J. Tucker, three for 33. The last year, he's going to be like He's going to earn years all of that money in the playoffs. You watch. Bill. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's basically a three-year deal just for this year. And then last but not least, Johnny Davis, two years, 9.9 million. That's not nice. <laughs> why, why do we have to end on that note? You know, that's just a blown pick. It's not surprising. It's Washington doing the drafting. Why do we have to hit on that? But I'm going to read you. That's not a bad contract. That's a blown pick. Uh, <laughs> let me give, Waz, let me give you the numbers for Johnny. No. So he, <laughs> Why? It's not necessary. <laughs> he signed a four-year deal for $21.9 million. This year guaranteed $4.8. Next year, $5.05. And then we get into the club option era. 
aka the Jalen Smith zone, <laughs> where the Washington could option. just be like, we've seen enough, we're out. Yeah, and then we've seen done, enough so. already. It's, it's is, is Wiseman Johnny, come in, this, on. in this in this area too? Because he's going to make like twelve next yeah, year, or something 12, crazy like that. I, yeah, I hope if you're he Detroit, even plays do at it. all. He found his, his spot in Detroit. Check out some of his numbers. I I I, I actually uh, am uh, keeping the the door. Oh, you're intrigued crack open. by the by the Wiseman Detroit Just keeping situation? the door slight crack open. I'm not ready okay. to slam it shut yet. I uh, I am also mildly intrigued by Wiseman. Was how many minutes do you think Johnny Davis has played this season? If you had to guess, oh, so uh, it's March. I'd say like four hundred. This is so rude. Four hundred, four hundred minutes in what in the G League? <laughs> it's it's not even forty. It's eighty-eight. He's played eighty-eight minutes this season. That's ridiculous. Eighty-eight minutes for our guy Johnny. First round pick. Salute. First round pick. Lottery pick. My feelings are hurt. What number was it, House? Nine, I think. Nine or ten. My feelings are hurt. It was an eight-player draft. Hey, you won the Porzingis trade. Could have had Jalen Duran. Could have got Mark Williams. Could have got big guys. No, he could have Mark Williams. You would have loved Mark Williams. You knew he was good from college. I knew he was good in college. Knew it. I'm not in charge. Uh, all right. Was Joe House. Oh, look, can we bring in Saruti just to just to um defend Jonathan Isaac's honor for five seconds? Saruti here. <laughs> Saruti, you want to defend Jonathan Isaac's honor? Here we go. Really quick. Uh, yeah, I I wish I wish I didn't know as much as I do about this contract situation, but it's actually pretty awesome. They only owe him seven point six million dollars next season, and that's it. Mm. So he technically has two more years left on his deal, but because he didn't hit because of the injury and all the games he missed, there was some clause that got triggered. Basically, the last year of his deal, which is 24, 25, is can be completely uh, voided. And if they waive him, they only owe him seven million dollars. So it's it's contract. For the official yeah, standings, do you want to swap him out for anyone? Yeah, I'll swap him for Norm Powell for sure. But the draft. But I still got to dock him points for the Bible banging. Yeah, there's no room for that in baseball <laughs> or the NBA. <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite contract, Saruti? Uh, I I thought the Andre Blatch nugget was the best thing that we've done in the podcast so far. So <laughs> immediately amnesty. That's the that was I mean. I'd love to be some Andre Blatch back in the day, too, but that was Me the best too. nugget of the podcast. I'll tell Filipino you this, guys. national team legend, Andre Blatch. Having, having a column back then with how many dumb GMs and owners we had was just one of the great things that's ever happened to me. So much to write about year after year. So many dumb moves. So many dumb things. Teams just doubling down on the Isaiah Thomas era with like GM and coach. Let's just give him everything. He can do everything all at once. Uh, just really wonderful stuff. All right, Saruti, thanks. Housewives, thank you very much. All right, that's it for the podcast. Thanks to Waz. Thanks to House. Thanks to Kyle Crane for producing. Thanks to Steve Saruti. Don't forget to listen to One Shining Podcast over the weekend as we react to March Madness. And I will see you on Sunday night with Rosilla. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by Honey Stinger. This is a show about sports and culture opinions, but right now I want to talk sports facts, the data, the stats. Honey Stinger, 
sports nutrition trusted by more than 1,500 pro and college teams. That's right, 1,500. That's all 32 pro football teams. That's 39 pro basketball teams, 29 pro baseball teams, and more that prepare, perform, and recover with the delicious taste of Honey Stinger's energy waffles, chews, gels, and bars. Honey Stinger is the one team's trust. Use code Simmons for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. That is S-I-M-M-O-N-S for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. 